welcome everyone to this next edition of the Courtside Rant with Colin and Grant. And today we're joined by our special guest, Colin Errol of The Bench Mob, which you guys should totally check out on iTunes as well as their Twitter page. And so if, Colin, you want to just introduce yourself a little bit, tell them who you are and maybe how we met a little bit, and then we'll get going. For sure, yeah. What's up, guys? I'm Khan. Um, well, I, I am from Boston. Well, actually, from Chicago. Just moved to Boston about a month ago. Um, and how I know Colin is uh, through Sports Business Classroom. Um, and we've talked about it on the bench mob a bit. Uh, but basically, we just all went to Vegas Summer League. And Larry Kuhn, was, he, he ran the program. Um, and then me and Colin and a bunch of other guys just hit it off and, and kept communication going because... We didn't really want that to end, so uh, now I'm on the courtside rant uh, with Colin and Grant, so <laughs> what's up, guys? We, we, we're, we're lucky to have you on here, and we're looking forward to this uh, great discussion, and uh, for all your yeah, listeners too. out there, uh, today's kind of topic is going to be a little bit about our this past rookie draft, and I'm sure everyone's kind of heard out there, okay, this draft is full of transcendent stars, this is one of the best drafts, and you know, how many years all sorts of things, all the analysts were saying it, it was all over Twitter, social media. So to just kind of get into it, uh, I'll start with you, Grant, what's kind of your consensus or like uh, idea about what your, your thoughts about this past draft? Ultimately, I thought it was a pretty interesting draft where I felt like uh, there were some players that went higher than I originally anticipated. Uh, you know, before the whole thing really went down, I was kind of you know, intrigued by how Donovan Mitchell shot up and ended up going 13th. And, uh, you know, I another interesting uh, player that I thought was kind of interesting where he went was Jordan Bell going to the Golden State Warriors. And then just a couple things like that where, you know, there's players who were viewed as like, you know, mid-second round picks and ended up going in the late first round like Caleb Swanigan and players like that. Uh, same question for you, Khan. What What are your general consensus uh, consensus thoughts about this whole uh, draft class as a whole? Yeah, so this draft class, I mean, everyone talks about how top heavy it is. Um, but for me, what what kind of impressed me was how deep it is because all these all these guys like um, Mitchell, Monk, Kennard, Zach Collins, these are like the tenth through 13 picks and these could all be impact players especially I, I feel like Luke Kennard could could really help the Pistons stretch the floor a bit even though he's a rookie and Donovan Mitchell I'm expecting big things of and I the top 10 guys who I mean stars I was surprised that and went as high as he did really especially with uh, Dennis Smith on the board still and Monk but I mean he showed out in Eurobasket so we'll see how he's going but yeah, just overall, how, how deep this, this draft class is really, really impressed me. Uh, I, I definitely agree with both of you. There's, like like what you said, Con. a lot of people said top-heavy, but at the same time, like some of the guys you were mentioning, definitely Kennard, uh, definitely going to make the NBA season interesting for sure and definitely contribute to those teams and, you know, uh, help them hopefully reach the playoffs and, that, that kind of leads me into uh, my next question. So for for those teams that we definitely know for sure are going to be in the playoffs, uh, what which rookies are uh, you thinking will, I guess, help their team the most or, you know, help a little bit, uh, kind of like Jalen Brown did last year in a couple of the series, as well as uh, Patrick McCaw with the Warriors? Well, for me, I would definitely point to Jason Tatum. Um, especially with this Jay, Jay Crowder trade, uh, he's gonna wing uh, off the bench now for a for a Boston team that's that's gonna look to contend. They have Marcus Morris, Gordon Hayward, and Jalen Brown, who's also a young second year guy. I'm expecting big things out of him. But then after that, I mean, you you really uh, go to Tatum uh, from the wing, and and on a contender like that, um, for a rookie to get that much. You know, I mean, I've heard, uh, I've seen on Twitter Al Horford saying he's as ready as a rookie I've ever seen come into the league. Um, so we'll see. That might just be Horford hyping his own player up. That might 
be true. So I'm really expecting Jason Tatum to, to really show out. And, and, you know, if he, if he turns up, he might, he might, you know, start, uh, start some six, uh, six man of the year buzz, but I don't know about that. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty bold. Uh, there are a lot of good, good bench players, but you know, it, it depends. He, he showed out in summer league. Um, I'm, I'm really expecting things for him. Uh, and, and just kind of thinking about Tatum and his style of play as we're talking here, I know a lot of people are, you know, I mean, you really can't compare uh, rookies to, you know, past players and stuff like that. But for cons- comparison, they do a little bit. And a lot of people are talking about how Tatum's game offensively, at least, is reminiscent of Paul Pierce a little bit, maybe a little bit Carmelo, like the way he, you know, gets his shot off. I uh, do kind of see him having that sort of role for Boston come playoffs or just throughout the season. Well, especially with guys like uh, Marcus Smart coming off the bench, and um, you know, not not too many scorers off the bench for for Boston. I do think he's going to be able to have the opportunity to showcase his isolation game that that you know we we all kind of seem to fall in love with. Um, so I think, and that's why I'm saying I think he's going to be able to. Um, score a lot of points off the bench and need to do as, especially as a rookie, especially as a bench guy, if, if he can get, get his uh, maybe 20 minutes a game, it might be around where he starts 20 to 25. I mean, with Crowder in there, I thought he was going to kind of be that, Oh, third pick, not getting too much time that everyone was like uh, talking about not taking the Boston Celtics meeting because he wasn't going to get playing time. Um, but Tatum seems to have slotted himself in a great situation there, uh, especially with all the moves that that Boston has made. Definitely, and you'll you'll be front row to all of that come in the season. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Monday or uh, the preseason they're playing the Hornets, so I'm oh, definitely going to be there. Definitely should be interesting. Maybe you'll see Michael Jordan out there. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's going to go to a preseason game, but I'll shake up with him if I see him. Oh, definitely. I. Uh, <laughs> kind of <laughs> same same sort of question for you, Grant. You know, keep the conversation going a little bit. What besides Tatum is there like a rookie out there that you think can legitimately actually help and contribute to a playoff team or during the regular season with that team? I feel like one rookie who could later on and maybe in the season because of course he's still recovering. OG Anunoby. I feel like he could be someone who can make a interesting, unique impact because Toronto could use kind of like that unique defensive versatility that he could provide if he's used as you know a small ball four and even just at the three just generally and I also as I was you know the one of the rookies I listed as interesting was Jordan Bell I feel like obviously the Warriors kind of when they come around in the playoffs they usually get these interesting contributions from players that a lot of casual NBA fans don't necessarily expect and I think he could be one of those players if he gets some time at the you know small ball five or that he can just be one of the latest death lineup players that makes you know a crazy impact and gets his name out in the playoffs uh oh yeah I I honestly to be uh, to be completely honest I didn't actually even think about him as being any sort of impact, like he just kind of slipped my mind. But uh, both, <laughs> b- both great Tatum and OG as well. Both great picks, honestly, by you guys. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm gonna agree with you on both of those. Uh, just another player to throw out there that I I think will definitely uh, help their team come playoff time. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say DJ Wilson. So I like that pick, man. I, I, I love the pick. I he he reminds me of but I I feel like he could definitely do similar things that Thon Maker does for them. Yeah. Uh I I'd like to see maybe one day a lineup with Maker, uh Wilson, Greek Freak and uh Malcolm Brogdon out there in Milton. That would be that would be pretty sweet, definitely very interesting. But I I definitely think Wilson gives gives the Bucks a guy off the bench along with Maker depending on what lineups they start uh, that gives them that length but also you know stretches the floor a little bit I love Wilson you know I was really mad that the so I'm a Bulls fan at heart and, and they <laughs> traded it right and that Jimmy Butler trade and I was like man if they just didn't trade that pick because they would have gotten the same deal 
and then went for a guy like DJ Wilson. That that would have been like that. That's exactly what I wanted. Then oh well, Garpax <laughs> will Garpax. Oh, but unfortunately, they didn't end up with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just uh to keep everything uh going. Is there a? I mean, obviously, we just uh discussed which rookie. Uh, would definitely help their team come playoffs. Uh, but just to keep that conversation going a little bit, what what rookie are you expecting big things out of just in general for not even not even just helping their team, but just individually their stats? And I, I'm talking playoffs team, non-playoffs team as well. Yeah, you know, one playoff team probably also that uh, we, we forgot to mention is is Ben Simmons on the Sixers. He's he is a rookie. He's not from this class. He's gonna be, you know, killing it. I expect him to be scoring at least fifteen to sixteen points, going for around six to seven assists a game. Um he's gonna I mean they're they're really into him being the point guard. You see those Twitter videos of <laughs> practice and training camp and Trust the process. he's running yeah, running the play. So I mean him and him and Fult are really gonna work well off each other. You got JJ Reddick and Covington and M B just you know, it's it's all gonna rely on Embiid's health. Oh, but nice. if Embiid's not healthy, that's just gonna increase the role of Ben Simmons and Fultz in the games that Embiid's not there. So even if they're gonna be losing a lot of those games, a lot more stats because of it. So I think both Fultz and Simmons, uh, I would say Simmons more so, are gonna be putting up points. And one guy, sorry, I know no, you were gonna say something. But what, <laughs> one guy. Um, that I think could put up crazy assist numbers. Maybe this isn't too hot of a take, but I think Lonzo Ball could go for like, go for ten assists a game to start like this season. Like maybe not score too much, but like twelve and ten around there is kind of where I'm expecting Lonzo. His vision is just insane. Everyone's gonna be running down the court. I'm I'm gonna I expect him to get like two to three touchdown passes a game just because <laughs> they're gonna be giving him the ball right off the rebound. Um, I, I I'm really excited to watch them. They're playing Sunday, I think. Um, if if you, I get to catch if, that you game. if you tweet that out, I I will most definitely give you a retweet on that that hot take. <laughs> uh, back back to the uh, Simmons. I I'm actually glad you brought him up and the whole health issue with Embiid. Say Embiid sadly goes down and we don't get to see all those players play together, which we all I know really want to see. But say Embiid goes down and like you were saying, Simmons is gonna. It's been everywhere. He's gonna be the point. He's gonna be the point. Blah blah. blah. Do do you think they'll switch that up, given the inter, uh, inter, injury to Embiid, and say shift Simmons to say like the four or three? Well, I think Simmons will play four defensively oh, either yeah. way, and then the one offensively either way. Really, I think Fultz is gonna be more of an off guard type guy mm-hmm. who. Who's gonna be able to run the offense? Obviously, when I think that they're gonna stagger Simmons and Fultz a lot of the time, start and close with them for sure. But um, I, I do feel like they're gonna stagger them, kind of give them both uh, playmaking duties on the court and off the court. I don't think will affect Simmons's position or role too much. That he'll just have way more touches when Embiid's out. Okay. I see Simmons. He's playing the three occasionally. I mean, he's going to be the four, though, for them all up for the time. Uh, I mean, yeah, we I mean, we, we saw him come down and shoot around with us at Sports Business Classroom. <laughs> were, were, were you there for that? <laughs> I was I was there when Simon was there, but I wasn't there when he was shooting around. I messed up, I guess. No, yeah, he was just down on the court shooting, but... and. I mean, just seeing it in person, but all the reports, he he's definitely grown too. So, that that'll be an interesting, interesting twist on things. And he's gonna he's gonna be killing it. One hundred percent, I agree. Because he's not he's not like the regular rookies for the whole first year. I don't. That's that's cheating in terms <laughs> of rookie of the year. You you're around NBA guys all, all year. You know how the system works. You know how. It, how things go and how to work out and how to take care of your body. That's all that's all a learning curve that we're still playing. Um, but having a whole year of just like getting all of the non-basketball stuff. 
then also just going through the rigors of playing against grown ass men all day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. So. Uh, uh, I yeah, definitely. That's it's not fair. <laughs> it's like you say, kind of cheating the system a little bit. But it, it, I I definitely like your your pick of Simmons being like Griffin. Like, What what'd you say? Okay, yeah, so Khan, you were talking about to kinda of wrap up the Ben Simmons thing, how he was compared you're comparing him to Blake Griffin's uh rookie campaign a little bit, cheating the system, all that. Uh so let, let's move away from Ben Simmons a little bit, because he he's definitely gonna be a great star. Uh what were some of the guys you were thinking, Grant? as you were listing off a few minutes ago? I believe one player that could have a huge impact as a rookie for his team is Dennis Smith Jr. on the Dallas Mavericks. He uh, He's an explosive athlete, and he has some unique playmaking abilities and all that, and I think he won't have any shortage of opportunity in Dallas. And I think opportunity does play a big factor in the type of production players can get right out of the gate. Uh, an interesting player I kind of feel like could get big numbers too if politics goes away is Malik Monk on the Charlotte Hornets he's a versatile scorer you know he can maximize his off ball and on ball impacts Donovan Mitchell as we were talking about earlier I expect big things out of him as well and I think another rookie who could put up big numbers is John Collins on the void known as the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> I think he uh, is a he, he's got some you know, versatility to him offensively. And there's not someone has to score on the Hawks outside of Dennis Schroeder. So I think John Collins could put up some big numbers there. I, I like the Donovan Mitchell pick a lot. I mean, you're looking at shooting guard 6'3", 210, so solid frame, built. And I know a lot of analysts were thrown out there, you know, NBA-ready athlete, NBA-ready body. So out of, out of you know... I know we're kind of keeping to the lottery picks a little bit, but out of definitely the lottery picks, you could expand it to the first round. Um, I Kind of like when analysts talk about, you know, in college football, the pro-style quarterbacks will obviously transition a little better to the NFL. Yeah. I, I, I would say this is like that same thing, but NBA version. And uh, so to... Utah's a really deep team, though. Utah's really deep, and I, I, I hope he gets a lot of minutes, but I know they want to give Alec Burks his shot, you, too. Do, do you um, think? They, have, they still have Joe Johnson, and they just signed Tabo. Oh, they have Dante true. Exum, you know, Donovan Mitchell. I hope he gets the time. It's, you know, how much to play on that deep team. Uh, I, I, I saw Joe definitely will be in there for sure. Multiple times, definitely at the end of the games. Could you, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll leave this one for Graham, but you can obviously input too as well, Con. But I, I know Donovan Mitchell's 6'3". Do, could you see him playing some three during out the year? I mean, I know 6'3 isn't the most wanted height for a small forward, but could you see Utah playing him in some lineups out there? I kind of feel like he's limited to the one and the two in a similar way to how Avery Bradley is limited to the one and the two. I'm sure you could go against some undersized threes who don't have much power to them. But to me, it's not necessarily a height thing because he does have a pretty long wingspan and all that. And his, his athleticism is very, very good. So I think he can overcome those challenges. It's just a matter of you know not having the... I, I would almost say like the girth and the resistance to be able to not get back down easily. Like I remember clearly last year, Michael Kidd Gilchrist was checked by Monte Ellis in a Pacers Hornets game, and he got just easy, just straight line drives on him, like just, just right right out of the gate. Like he almost put up twelve points, I think, to start the game. Yeah, like you you just don't want those types of matchups. No matter who you are, if you're limited by size, you can only do so much. Well, against certain matchups, if a team's playing like a two-point guard plus their shooting guard type lineup, I don't know, something that comes to mind, not this year, obviously, but last year, like if you have Dame, 
Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Alan Crabb out there. Like I, I feel comfortable Definitely. with Mitchell on, on guarding Alan Crabb in that in that matchup. Um, I also like I don't know another another matchup could be I mean Marcus Smart played three last year. If Marcus Smart can play three, I mean I I don't mind having Mitchell playing a Marcus Smart, but it's really just positionless at this point. It's it's matchups. If, if teams are going super small and having like their twos play the three, like the Mitchell can get in, get, get into players airspace. And I mean, unless, unless the, the other players just sit up guy advantage of in terms of perimeter play. So, and, and you don't see that too much out of, out of wings, just super efficient post up. So, I mean, post Mitchell up, that's fine. That's an inefficient shot. Most likely. Uh, <clears throat> kind of, and, just, you know, came across my mind, as we all know, Mitchell is technically, you know, drafted by the Nuggets, and then, you know, they swap picks. And that, that pick that they swapped with ended up being uh, uh, Tyler uh, Linden uh, from Syracuse, yeah, yeah. London, yeah. yeah. And I, I know at Syracuse he was uh, the four, but uh, a lot of people are kind of projecting him as playing, like, the three, but he's kind of in the same sort of position, I would say, as Mitchell, but just the opposite way. Do, do you kind of see that working out for him in Denver as well, about playing uh, playing the three a little well, bit sometimes? Well, so Denver, yeah. Denver has a lack of uh, backup wings. So show Hernan Gomez and, like you said, Tyler Lydon. Um Playing backup three has too many fours. Like they, they just also got Trey Lyles in that deal. Um, they still have Kenneth Farid, who I'm sure they're trying to to yeah, Paul Millsap, obviously they just signed him and then Darrell Arthur. These guys, they're all four guys, so yeah, Tyler Lyden, that's just a lack for Denver. But interestingly enough, I mean I thought uh Don Donovan Mitchell would be, and now kind of looking at Utah's depth chart, um, if they didn't sign Jonas Jarepko, for example, and then they had Tyler Lydon, he might have gotten a lot of minutes for them. Not saying, like, I would do the trade if I'm Utah 10 times out of 10, and then gotten someone like Lydon. That, that would have been interesting for a team kind of lacking the offensive the offensive talent and getting a like more offensive-minded rookie like, like Lydon uh, could, could help them as well. They made the right move and they and they got Mitchell. So that, definitely, I, I I like that take you kind of put on it. Uh, kind of just continuing along. We we've kind of you know talked about the whole class and overview and you know nitpick some players here and there. But what what uh, let's start now to get into like I guess the real debate stuff. So uh, hmm. Let, let's let's go ahead and grant. Let, who, who's your biggest reach? My biggest reach. Would you say? And we'll we'll go in the first round. So mm. who who do you think was the biggest reach? And then it'll be the same for UConn. So, and feel yeah. and feel free to, we'll obviously debate back and forth with each other about it. Well, I know my answer. All right. So it, go ahead and uh, say. Go ahead and say yours. I'll just I'll just go. Um, I mean, again, like I said, I'm a Bulls fan. Markinen at seven is, especially with the players still on the board. Markinen, I I think he's going to be way better than maybe on this year uh, at Eurobasket. Kill it. It's just like seven is too high. You got still superstar potential. You got Malik Monk who could be killing it. You got Donovan Mitchell who you don't have any defensive guys on the perimeter. I mean, you got. Chris Dunn, I guess, and they just uh, after the draft got David Nwaba, so they kind of covered that up. But Mitchell can shoot, can can defend, and these guys. I mean, maybe seven would have been a reach for Donovan Mitchell too. Who knows? Definitely a reach for Markin, and especially with guys like Miritich and, and Portis on their squad. I don't know what they were they were doing there. And I also Frank. Frank was a reach too, but mostly because he's unknown. Yeah. Um, mostly because he's an unknown. I don't know how much of a reach he is. I mean, he's six five, six six point guard who shot like forty one percent 
center up, and he he might, he might surprise some people. But when you don't watch people play, you tend to just think they're worse than they are. Uh, so he, yeah. he he's kind of long and and can defend too. I think he's going to be a good fit with Porzingis. But so out of out of those two guys uh, you mentioned, would you agree that uh, Frank definitely has the more I guess upside for this year at least? In in terms of you know. No, about this year. This year, I think I think Markkanen can can do some damage this year. I think more of a project than Markkanen, but we'll see. You know, I haven't watched too much um, Tilakina tape either. I just know that his his kind of player type and body style will will definitely develop well in this league. I just don't know how uh, raw he is in terms of a prospect right now. I know he's young, but. I don't think it was a bad pick, turns out. I trust the one thing I do trust in New York is their international scouting. So Oh yeah, one hundred percent. After after the unicorn came oh, yeah. full 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 speed around. Yeah, uh, Hernan Gomez, uh <laughs> these guys are, are good players, you know? And they were in but second round picks. And, it's hard to get rotation caliber players. And then the of course round. they signed Ron Baker. But <laughs> But that that's another topic, another day. Uh, oh yeah, Grant. I'm curious to what your who your reach is. Well, I feel like uh, this probably isn't the biggest reach in my opinion, but I feel like it's an Orlando Magic reach because of how they just haven't been able to develop projects lately. It's I would say Jonathan Isaac was a little bit of a reach for me because I just don't want him in Orlando. With you know, I I just I just feel <laughs> you know, like I could. I wouldn't have minded if, like, Boston took him three. Like, I'm high on him. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really high on him, too. It's just, like, that's probably one of the one place, like, the one place I would not have wanted him to go because they just don't seem to ever maximize those type of unique project players who have a raw, you know, like, uh, skill set that needs to be molded and developed. I do think uh, Justin Jackson was a little early as well. But I don't think there was, like, some hardcore reaches in this year's draft. I really don't think there was, like, some just blatantly strange decisions. Maybe some a few slots that shouldn't have gone where they, you know, you can debate about it. But I really feel like it was a sound draft overall. Uh, I'm Yeah, that really, Go the ahead. biggest surprise for me was how, like, kind of ex the draft one because even Mark in 11 to 10 you know it wasn't like that crazy that he went seven um just went right around I'm I would like to see my and see how higher how much higher or lower that each pick went according to a lot of drafts because I think the variance would be than in other years I I definitely agree with you con on that uh back back to you grant a little bit I, I'm gonna have to I mean, just to make it a little bit more interesting, but uh, I I don't think Justin Jackson was that big of a reach, in my opinion, at least, uh, considering he ended up going to the Kings and they got Darian Fox first pick, so they had a little bit more leeway for their next pick, but I was, uh, like I talked to you earlier, I was fortunate enough to see the uh, Final Four championship last year. Yeah, and so I was able to see Justin Jackson play up front, and I know last year he came out for the M- uh, NBA Combine, but ended up going back to school. And last year, I totally agree with you. Definitely would have been a reach. This year, I I just think his fundamentals are there for the NBA style. I think it's more just probably his body is what needs to kind of like adapt a little bit more to the NBA style of play. I agree with you. I, I, I also like his fit with the Kings. Yeah, well, I I love what the Kings are doing right now. Um. So now now that we talked uh, biggest reach, let's switch it to the other end of the spectrum. Steal of the draft. Dang, that's a tough one. Honestly, that that's pretty tough. Uh, either one of you can take it away, which I or I can you know put mine. I'll put mine out there actually. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, my steal of the draft, it's gonna be Kyle Kuzma. Uh, I mean, he given given the predictions and stuff of that draft before it happened, uh, Kyle Kuzma was uh, definitely drafted in the area that people predicted, 
But before the draft and being out here in Arizona now, I wanted to take on a fun project of revamping the Suns because uh, they kind of, you know, are just stuck in time right now. And I was going through, you know, all the possible prospects, and I, I came across Kuzman. I didn't know a lot about him, but then I started watching his film a little bit, and he just instantly, like, hit me as that stretch four player who <clears throat> gives you size but can just drill it from outside. And we, we saw that in the Summer League this past year, Con. Uh, so I, I'm going to – Kyle Kuzman, I think, right now is the steal of the draft for me. I could argue Dennis Smith as well because I'm a huge Dennis Smith fan, but I, I feel like Kuzman is going to be a huge con- contributor for the Lakers this season. Yo, where, are you, where are you getting that N in his name, though? Kuzman? Oh, Kuzma. Oh, you're right. I didn't even. <laughs> Kuzma. Yeah. Okay, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> it kind of just happened. <laughs> My That's apologies, okay, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, feel free to, you know, say I'm wrong about him being the steal, but. Grant, I went first last time, so you go now. I think an interesting one from like a Pacers perspective would be Ike Enigbogu because he was like in a lot of mock drafts, he was actually projected to the Pacers, but in the first round and they have routinely one of the elite medical training staffs in all of the NBA. So if they can kind of salvage his physical, you know, his, his knee, I believe that was the issue. The, he kind of had like a condition they feared like a degenerative knee or something like that. Uh, if they can kind of, have some sort of solution for that i don't know the medical aspect of it but if you know just the magnitude of that if that pans out i feel like that could be a classic steal you know i this just happened to be coincidence i guess but i went with the seventh and eighth pick in the first round for my reaches and i'm gonna go with the seventh and eighth pick in the second round for my drop so (laughs) semi ojale and jordan bell um, really Semi-Ojale, like he's just, he, they were both kind of, in a lot of mock drafts, they were projected late late first round. Um, Ojale, I just think his physical tools alone uh, should have should have had him dra- drafted higher. And, and Boston just oh. got a dog, man. He's, he's going to be super physical. I think they're going to be able to develop him. I trust Brad Stevens and, 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 how, and their staff to kind of make him the best player he can be. And just getting some technique into that physique <laughs> will... <laughs> Will you know? I I think he can be really good. And then Jordan Bell, man, another another guy. I guess another coincidence, but Bulls is messing up um, <laughs> by selling the here. Pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they could have just had him. They're probably going to be looking to trade Robin Lopez at some point. He doesn't really fit their timeline. Felicio and Jordan Bell could have just been going at it for those minutes, and they, they need that defensive guy. Like, they need any project that they can get young player. I was so mad. I was, like, so happy that they drafted him. I was like, all right, the Butler trade, they messed up, but at least they got someone good in the second round. And then, nope, we're selling them for $3.5 million <laughs> because that's because the owner needs $3 million, apparently. And yeah, it's just the Bulls this draft day. I was actually, um, I'm Turkish, so I was in Turkey. And I woke up these tweets and messages. I'm like, oh my God, thank God I slept for that because that would have been. <laughs> would have been <laughs> I would have been mad seeing all that live. I mean, he he, he should have went higher. He'll to focus exactly on what he's good at with the Warriors. He does not need to do any sort of offensive anything. Um, does not need to score. He just needs to focus on defense and will score enough. So I think he's going to get a lot. Um, kind of have Draymond, possibly the best defender in the league, reigning defensive player of the year, coach him up on the defensive end where he's already good. I think uh, he's definitely going to be better, a better player for being on the Warriors than he would have been if he came to the Bulls. <laughs> so good for him, you know. I'm, I'm happy for him because no one wants to be, <laughs> be in the, Bull, be on the Bulls team this year. I mean, and, and that that's a, a good point that you made. He he doesn't have to basically do anything outside of his comfort zone. He's he's going to be asked to do exactly what he's good at. And we saw that with the – it was the 5x5 five five that he got uh, one of the summer league games. Yeah, the first – Yeah. only one in summer league history, I think. 
So that that sure. that was definitely cool to watch and definitely fits along with what you're saying as well. Uh, it's kind of <clears throat> keep it going. Uh, let's just since we were talking about defense a little bit, do you, do you think Bell could be the defensive rookie of the year? Uh, he's not gonna have enough time to get there. I think if you look at like how he defends in the minutes he's on the court, yeah, I, I would definitely say he could. I, I think an underrated defender is going to be Dennis Smith Jr. Actually, his physical tools are crazy. He's going to be starting. He's going to be checking where. And, and I think he's really going to use, use that athleticism to, to stay in front of the, the elite point guards in the league and kind of give these guys, be pesky, like give Westbrook and Curry and all these like elite point guards a run for their money on the defensive end, and they're gonna need to work. So I'm excited to see him him guard people and Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, like he needs to get on the court, but um, he's definitely gonna be a guy that that's gonna focus on his defense and and OG Ananobi too on, on Toronto. I think uh, they 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 are gonna need his defense for sure. Um, but it's it's again. That's why I'm going Smith because there these guys might not see the court too often. Uh, <clears throat> uh, do you, uh, just kind of another question that popped into my head? Do do you believe the Josh Jackson defensive hype? Do you think he could contend up there? Oh, I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually I I should have talked about him too. He's gonna be starting, getting a lot of minutes, and he his physical tools. I mean, he better be good on the defensive end because. <laughs> God knows he needs some help because he's gonna be the guy guarding the best wing guy, you know, he's gonna be guarding the best player on the other team whenever, like the LeBrons of the league. Like, he's gonna be the guy checking them, so um, that's where he's gonna have to make his money in his rookie year for sure. Uh, Grant, you any input on? Defensive Rookie of the Year? Well, it won't be TJ Leaf, and I definitely agree with everything that literally took the words right out of my mouth with every single player that you brought up. I was like, I was thinking, all right, this one was discussed, so my next one's this, and then, oh, you know, it was there. So, like, literally, like, exactly what you said is exactly what I what yeah. I mean. I probably should have let you take some. Oh, no, no, it's all good. I definitely agree 100% with, uh, with your defensive picks. I'm just I, I'm currently just looking at the first round and second round a little bit, and <laughs> I I don't know if there's really any other players that like what you're saying, Con, that are gonna get, you know, that t- enough time to prove that. Well, besides okay, the guys, yeah, one more that I did that I did miss, uh, Bam Adebayo. I mean, he makes he he is yeah. a defensive guy. You know, that's what he specializes at, and you know, his only competition for that backup four spot is Okara White, really. So I think he he'll he'll be able to to kind of fight for that spot. Definitely get some minutes um, behind Okaro, or maybe even ahead of Okaro. I don't know how high they are on on White there, uh, but yeah, Bam out of bio should be of his defensive chops here this season too. It's definitely gonna be. Do 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 you think any of the rookies that will have serious playing time? Do you think any of them could, in theory, contend for just regular defensive players of the, uh, of the year as well? Or do you think there's... In the future or this year? Or, I mean, this. I mean, obviously in the future, but this year, do you think any of them are that good enough to be automatically considered... Uh, as... I don't even think... No, I think... Into player of the year... No, it's that elite defensive time. I mean, depending on what Jordan Bell is able to become, I think, I think if I were, if you were to say who will be the defensive player of the year from this class, like at any point in their careers, mm-hmm. Bell, Bell, okay. Um, just because of his instincts, and I, I do think I, you can't undersell. The he is the literal exact defender aspire to become and they have similar tools they have similar heights they have similar kind of athleticism he might even he might he's probably more athletic than draymond honestly mm-hmm. um, but if he can learn the mental aspect of defense that draymond is just so elite at 
uh, I think I think he'll be able to. I would pick him as my kind of if there were to be one at some point from this draft. Mm-hmm. Jordan Bell for sure for me. All right, you 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 heard it here first, folks. You know, <laughs> give it give it a couple of years. Con Jordan Bell, defensive player of the year. So that that would be kind of that'd be actually very interesting to watch happen because then they'd have Draymond and Bell, and just having two guys literally like you said similar styles of play be insane i mean they're already they're they're gonna be insane anyway yeah. man they're, <laughs> they're, they're the warriors uh <clears throat> any input on that grant or uh maybe one player that could kind of maybe not defensive player of the year i don't think that's what he would become but like De'Aaron Fox could have underrated defensive potential with, you know, his lightning quickness. Yeah, I feel like he's one player that could meet, you know, like the previous topic criteria that we were discussing. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, he's someone I probably should have mentioned as well. I mean, he's definitely gonna light up Lonzo Ball, according <laughs> to according to him and his dad. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's too thin right now. Yeah, he's he gonna, definitely, he, for sure. Definitely. Like any, any, any sort of post-up point guard is probably going to be able to push him out of the way. Um, Lonzo can recover with his length. I mean, Fox isn't, isn't short by any means. His wingspan is, is decent too, but um, I think he's just going to be too small for, for these kind of guards. I, I definitely agree. Um, to kind of keep it on with the rookie awards, I think the big one everyone's kind of been anticipating talking about, and I'm sure our listeners as well. Uh, who, who's your pick for Rookie of the Year? Oh, um, that's, like, based off how it went last year, it's it's just so funny to project this early based off of how random it was towards the end. I, okay, I'm not going to lie. For last year, being originally from Virginia, I watched Malcolm Brogdon yeah, play in yeah. college. So I... I it was a, a steal for the Bucks when they got him. So, but you're you're I kind of expected that a little bit. But you're you're right. It's kind of hard the way the NBA is adapting now. It could be a lot of different players. But if you had to pick one, I'll go. I'll go Ben Simmons. The the status quo mainstream opinion. I'll go Ben Simmons. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give my non Ben Simmons pick because I. I just don't if he if he's healthy all year, I don't see how he doesn't because uh so asking me to pick someone other than Ben Simmons is probably a bad idea because um on him the most. But if you were to ask me Ben Simmons pick is, let me go with another just super obvious and mainstream pick long. Lonzo Ball, the the effect that he's gonna have on the Lakers team is gonna be like just, and you're gonna see it like from the start. He's gonna be averaging, like I said, another one of my hot or bold predictions. Bold predictions, um, ten assists a game for for Ball. If he reaches that, it's gonna be hard for him not to win Rookie of the Year because you don't you don't see double Simmons are gonna be fighting for it. I think. Um, and then, like I said, Jason Tatum is going to be low-key in that run, just off the bench, six-man for Boston for a contender. I think normally roll, roll on a good team isn't a big deal for Rookie of the Year, but for Tatum, I think it might be. Uh, I'm, I, I definitely agree with both of you guys. Definitely worthy candidates, for sure. Uh, now that I'm going to throw another name out there for you guys, and I, I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. And, That's a fun one. Hmm, I mean... I his well one his mentality reminds me of Damian Lillard a little bit just like his personality and just where he's from and he wants to you know chip on his shoulder prove every wrong everyone wrong sort of aspect because he's from Fayetteville and Damian's uh, from Oakland but I his play style I think at least to me is similar in comparison to Westbrook just like the whole, whole, like, you know, full steam ahead approach. Bullet train? Bullet train, yeah. Uh, but I, I would definitely throw Dennis Smith up there in the conversation, but it's going to be an interesting rookie of the year battle regardless of who wins yeah. it. 
if, if you ask me who I wanted to win Rookie of the Year, it would, I mean, after Markinen, obviously, uh, <laughs> it would be uh, Dennis Smith Jr. for sure. I just love the way he plays. I hope, I really hope, I don't want to jinx him, but the, just the injury history does worry me a bit, especially with how explosive he is. I mean, we all know like guys like uh, Derrick Rose. And I mean, Westbrook, three knee surgeries later, he's still killing it. But, you know, so hopefully he has a Westbrook path post-injury and not a Rose path post-injury. So, and, you know, people are comparing him to, to Westbrook, too, with his elite athleticism. So hopefully he has that sort of career with a better jump shot. If I was him, I'd definitely rather go the Westbrook route and end up having a super max deal offered to me instead of, like, the vet minimum that rose. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Max to min. <laughs> like Max that. to min in one contract. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and Rose doesn't have that MVP to hold over him either anymore. Yeah. Westbrook ex- got that too, so. Yeah, I, I definitely would If I was Dennis Smith and got hurt, hope to God I would come out like Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll go with that, yeah. Uh, now that we kind of, you know, covered each of the awards a little bit and definitely nitpicked the uh, 2017 NBA draft, to kind of wrap it up, uh, out of, if you leave alone, you know, your top couple picks, who are your, what's one player you guys are most excited to just, you know, see how they do in the NBA? Just from a, bas- a basketball fan standpoint. Um, like, like, leave all the analytics stuff out of it. Just you know, like, just love to watch them play. I'll go. We already, we already talked about him a bit. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh no, no, it's all good. Uh, go ahead. We already, you, you already mentioned him, but like I said, DJ Wilson, just his, his length, his just energy too. Just like po- after he dunks the ball at, at Michigan or Michigan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he would just like go crazy get the crowd involved and and just his energy is really is i, I love his energy uh he has the range he has the length i'm I'm really interested in dj wilson so grant hopefully he gets top three seed i i'm really excited to see lonzo ball in the entire circus that follows him i know that's kind of a more so a standard opinion so i may pick like a more interesting lesser you know top five pick type player i think uh let's see um i think luke Kennard can be quite interesting with you know how uh detroit's been eating shooters the last few seasons and they definitely got that yeah yeah like i think he could be a fun one to watch too you know how about the next Porzingis from latvia anzeg pasechniks <laughs> yes you know yes <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, of, he of, has some game. We'll... Of course, he ended up with the Sixers. So yeah, we'll see. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the Sixers, like, damn, we didn't get. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have to pick the Latvian guy this time around. Gotta get the next unicorn. I just, I it, there, there's so much unknown about this guy, but I'm gonna throw this name out here because I'm curious what you guys might think. Uh, Harry, is it Giles? Giles? Uh, I've heard Giles, it both ways. The Giles, I believe, is correct. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm excited to see. Obviously, you know, he's still recovering a little bit, and he probably won't play at the beginning of the season. But Harry Giles, I, he could end up, going back to the steal of the draft, he could end up being that. He's definitely sleeper potential, but it's those knee injuries that kind of leave it speculating a little bit. But I'm interested to see what he can do, especially in Sacramento with what they're building there. You know, I think he went at the exact right all everything considering everything that's been going around him especially with the kings a, a team with a bunch of young bigs and a couple of old bigs too actually um that like he doesn't need to play he obviously i don't even think he's ready to play at this point but you know they're they're doing things the right way at this point that kind of transitioned over from their the boogie era and you know that I, everything I've heard and read from the Kings coming out is that they're trying to do everything the right way, invest a lot in their in their facilities, you know, their training staff, and go more analytics based. And I think Giles is going to get the best treatment that he can get. A team that's kind of trying into a more successful era, and hopefully his knees hold up because he he could be special. Uh, 
I agree with all aspects of that. And, I mean, to be honest, I'm just excited to watch the NBA finally <laughs> after a long wait. Yeah, man. Even preseason. You know I'm a nerd if, like, preseason <laughs> is getting me pumped up. <laughs> like, Dude, I, I went and got, you know how they had the pre-release for uh, 2K, like the pre-pre-release? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I already know I was already in line for that. <laughs> yeah, you have to be. Exactly, I'm just... Well, the thing with, the thing is with preseason, though, all these guys are like the the CF guys. On... They're going to be busting up to the team, and, and they're going to go hard, you know? So preseason, like, and stuff... But but for kind of super NBA, and this is where the the end of the bench is made, and these are where players are trying to actually make their money, like contracts. You really want to get that last spot in the Lakers, and then go get signed, and like all these little storylines around the edges um, are really interesting, and and that's what makes preseason exciting. And it'll it'll definitely everything will kind of hopefully start to come together this coming week so yeah got yeah. a lot to look forward to uh i think that's pretty much it for that podcast i want to thank you again con remember guys he's from the bench mob so definitely check their podcast yeah, out as yeah. well yeah check out check out us uh, follow us on twitter at the bench mob nba we got a lot of stuff coming out we're doing like these mock trade deadline episodes where we look at a tr- trade deadline from different teams perspectives we got this mobs champion series we're doing we got 64 players in a bracket kind of going against each other there's a bunch of stuff so so just check us out at the bench mob nba and you can find us on itunes and google play and everywhere and if, if you guys are cap nerds out there and just real in-depth statistic nerds out there of the nba the, these trade talks these uh the bench mob champion uh podcasts are by far very interesting to listen to. So definitely go check those podcasts out and give everyone in the Bench Mob a follow on Twitter as well. Great guys to uh, see what they tweet about. So I just want to thank you again, Con, And thanks, for sure. thanks again for everyone listening to this episode of The Courtside Rant with Colin and Grant. And we will catch you guys next time.